Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Welcome back to our podcast. I'm filling in for Alara this week. As many of you know, Alara does bookkeeping and taxes, and it's her busy time of the year right now. A little over a month ago, Alara and I had the opportunity to attend the American Sheep Industry Convention right here in our own backyard of San Diego. While there, we sat down with Randy Dushek, Tammy Fisher, and Tom Boyer from the American Goat Federation. They discussed with us their new booklet, The Cattleman's Guide to Meat Goat Production. I just want to let you know that we had some audio issues with Alara's mic, so I re-recorded her questions. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hi, my name is Tammy Fisher. I am the current Secretary Treasurer of the American Goat Federation. And we are very excited to be in San Diego, California this week. We had our annual meeting of the American Goat Federation here in San Diego in conjunction with the American Sheep Industry Convention. We're very excited to announce our new Cattleman's Guide to Meat Goat Production. And I'm gonna now introduce this guy to my left to talk to you a little bit about that publication. Yeah, my name is Randy Dushek. I'm uh, Vice President of the American Goat Federation. Um, and several months ago, we, we have a unique situation in the meat goat industry where our supply is not keeping up with our demand at all, with our demand far exceeds the supply. And we come up with the idea, the problem with uh, the meat goat industry in the United States is it's, it's more or less a hobby industry. There are no, or there are very few large ranches raising meat goats now for, for meat. And uh, so it's hard to get um, it's hard to get more more goats. It's hard to get more meat. And uh, we come up with the idea that if we could convince some of these cattlemen to raise meat goats, uh, meat goats and cattle are very good together. They they don't they don't graze on the same the the same forage. Uh, cattle are eating the grass and the goats are eating all the weeds and the noxious plants and stuff which is is good for your pasture. Uh, so they they do uh, coincide with one another very well um, and what we came up with all the the major the, or the cattlemen are the ones that have all the all the land so if we can convince them to start running meat goats with their cattle and I think we can get our supply up. We get a lot of requests uh, for people wanting goat meat and it's just, it's not available. We just don't have enough because there's such a big ethnic population and uh, they, they, get a lot of, they get a lot of that goat meat. So what we're trying to do is with this cattleman's guide is it's just basically a guide to, I mean, we got cattle, cattlemen who are, are livestock people, so they they know that uh, you know cattle get sick, goats get sick, but they can recognize that and they know how to how to treat all of that. But what we're what we're looking at is just kind of a a, a guide 
as to what you need to do to uh, to to add meat goats to your cattle operation. Uh, we have fencing issues. Uh, you, uh, cat, uh, fences that'll hold cattle will not hold goats, but there, there's some. We have some a guide in there on several different types of fencing. Um, one of the big problems with uh, meat goats, especially in in wetter climates, is parasites, internal parasites. So that's something that they need to be well aware of. And saying this, running goats with your cattle will help cut down on your parasite problem because the parasites that live in cattle will not survive in goats and the ones that live in goats will not survive in cattle. So that helps cut down on your, on your reinfestation of, of uh, stomach worms or internal parasites. Uh, that's uh, basically, and like I say, the guide, it covers, it covers fencing, it co covers predator control. If you're in an area that has a lot of coyotes or bobcats or mountain lions, you're gonna have to do some type of predator control uh, we personally on our operation, we run livestock guardian dogs with our goats. It's worked very well. I've been raising, uh, meat goats for about 25 years. And, uh, that, that, that's one thing that's worked well, but there, there are other options as well. And, uh, uh, I'd like to turn it over to Tom Boyer, who is also one of the founding members of the American Goat Federation. Thank you, Randy. Um, so again, I, my name is Tom Boyer. I'm out of Utah, a goat producer there, and, and had goats uh, most of my life there. Uh, as we talk about this, this whole program of, of merging goat production into cattle operations, uh, there's a couple of things that, that producers need to keep in mind. One is that goats are at near or all-time high prices right now. Uh, that's a reward that is worth going after. That said, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. There's a, a, a really um, important set of facts that need to be understood that Randy's referred to a lot of those, and that's what we try to cover in the guide, that there's a learning curve there, even for seasoned producers, uh, on, on how to deal with the goats, uh, uh, I'm still learning and been a lifetime producer. I learn something new about goat production every year. Uh, but it's, it, it is a worthwhile venture to merge those two together. They complement each other. It's a, it's a uh, you don't even know the goats are there when they follow the cattle. And so it's, it, it's a marvelous way to utilize resources and turn forage that otherwise would not be used at all into a really high quality uh, human consumable protein. And so we really encourage folks to take a serious look at this, but get with us, get with others. There are many others in the country who are knowledgeable about merging these, uh, these um, enterprises together. And if you do that, this can be a really complementary uh, part of the operation that will add to, uh, add to the bottom line profit-wise, as well as utilization of the resources that are present on, on most operations, beef operations in the country. I'm going to ask you really quickly. One of the realities is our slaughter facilities in this country are limited, especially for the small ruminants. It's a different thing. You can't just find the same facilities that you might uh, take your cattle to. So I have a couple questions. One, 
is that a problem, and what is the solution? And two, because this is heavily an ethnic meat at this point in time, and there are certain considerations for things like halal, where they would like to come out and slaughter. Is that actually helpful to the producers, because you don't have to go through the same process as the slaughterhouse might? Would you talk about that just for a minute? It, it is, it, it's both an opportunity and a, and a challenge. And so it's important that you understand the marketing aspect of this goat uh, portion of the operation. And, and if you understand where those markets are, you can really capitalize on, on those high prices that we have right now. Uh, you don't want to just automatically sell these at any local sale barn in the country without checking to see how prices compare at that sale barn with other auctions, including some of the major auctions, uh, livestock auctions in the country, because there's a, often a, a big difference there. But if you, if you understand how this whole system works, take advantage of those, those uh, really good uh, auctions that and, uh, specialize, or sale barns that specialize in goats and have those goat buyers there, that's a, a wonderful opportunity. There are other direct ways as well that you can, you can sell directly to some, uh, some order buyers that, that will give you great contract pricing. So there's a lot of opportunity, but you have to understand how this market structure works and take advantage of those links that will hook you up to the best uh, prices that are out there right now because that's, that's an important part of it. I'm going to ask you about the reproductive capacity for goats. Because this is not like a cow where nine months later you have a calf. But goats are five months and you're not just going to have a calf like a cow. You're going to get one or two or three kids, correct? Twins are the norm. Uh, singles are very rare and triplets are, you know, it, it happens quite frequently. Uh, so you got to adjust your, you know, your level of nutrition accordingly. But uh, you get a return on your investment in five. I mean, you get you get kids on the ground in five months. So that that's what's really attractive, especially adding uh, goats to your to your cattle operation. Is you you can stretch your uh, income out more over through the year, and and that that always helps uh, for you know for producing cattle and goats. So you get a you get a goat crop you get three crops every two years, which is so beneficial. And it, it seems like it might be more labor intensive, but goats are so less labor intensive than cattle. They require a whole lot less health care. They require a whole lot less feeding. They really take care of themselves kind of animals if you can keep them in the fences and and do a few preventative health maintenance things. That's the beauty of a goat. So what are you talking about in terms of the age of a young goat when you want to sell it for meat production? So I think typically right now the ethnic trade seems to be 65 to 75 pounds is what they're looking for. Um, <clears throat> that's pretty um, typical of about a six, six, eight month old goat, I would say, if I was guessing in my world. Um, yeah, and depending on your production system in your area of the country. So I'm actually in southwest Texas, and the largest sheep and goat auction in the country for goats is in San Angelo, Texas. Um, and we're actually starting to process goats now at J&J &J, um, uh, Processing Facility in San Angelo that just started last year. So we're super excited about the growth in that area. And as 
um, Tom mentioned earlier, the prices are just amazing. I mean, when I was a kid, we had a few goats out back that we would butcher just to eat every year, and you couldn't give them away. And now I wish my granddad was here to see $4 a pound goat meat. He's going, what is happening? It's just a, such a boon to our ranching economy. And for those of us who do have cattle, sheep, and goats, like I do on my operation, the cattle market is down right now, um, and we're not seeing the return on our investment that we feel like we should be seeing maybe in that area. And then the, the lamb market and the goat market is out of this world. So it really allows you to not have all your eggs in one basket and really allows you to diversify your operation. So, Tom, this also applies to international markets, correct? It does. It does. And, and there's, uh, there's a world of opportunity out there. Uh, we, we're just struggling to meet our own here at home. But we do have huge opportunity internationally, particularly for goat products that we excel in producing in this country and, uh, and processing here. And so there's a world of opportunity out there. Um, one of the things that I think is important for us to all recognize is the, the productive capacity of a goat. If you think about a 150 pound, 140 pound uh, doe, we call a, a nanny as some might refer to them. Um, and as we think about two kids that we can get to 70 pounds, she'll produce her weight in, in offspring every year. Now think about a cow, the weight of a cow, and not many cows will produce a 900-pound calf in, or a 1,000-pound calf. And, and it's not that I'm against cattle at all. I'm just pointing out the productive capacity of a goat is, is, is impressive. And, and so they have, a, they have a great potential role in our agricultural economy in this country. Not only are they not direct competitors and they have a great reproductive capacity, but they do have an opportunity to shore up, I won't say a deficiency, but depending on the market, one thing could go higher and the other is going to go lower. But when you plan your meal production, and we've tasted both goat and beef, and I would have both at a barbecue and be very happy with it if it was done well, I think that merging the taste in with all of these other advantages Cattle and goats seem like they're really a smart opportunity. One of the things about goat meat that's important to understand is the way it's structured. The fat is on the outside of the meat, which means that it, it, it provides an opportunity to have a unique cooking experience. But more important, it has a, it has a really healthy quality to it. Uh, because it's, and we could call it a, a health food if you wanted to look at it that way, because of its... Uh, the way the fat is structured, it doesn't, uh, doesn't get into our diet very often, and it gives us a really great opportunity to consume one of the, one of the most lean, low-cholesterol, low-fat meats that there is. So that, that's one of the other benefits to this that we see going forward in the future into the diets uh, as, as we have an opportunity to grow production and provide additional quantities of, of uh, consumable meat for the public. One of the things that cattlemen have been dealing with across the West is fire, and we have a real problem with it. So if you have browsers that are effectively getting rid of a good chunk of the fire danger, to me that seems like an additional benefit that's huge. 
because we go in with bulldozers and clear the land. Do the goats effectively do the same thing in many cases? Absolutely. We actually are creating a breed in Texas called cedar eater goats. Um, I don't know what their real name is going to be, but that's what I call them. And I have cedar eaters on my property. So they are um, genetically predispositioned to go straight to a juniper plant, which is the most water intensive plant on our property and also the largest canopy plant on our property. So not allowing grass to grow and they are the biggest fire carriers in our area. So if you go to a ranch that's really intensive on grazing goats and especially cedar eater goats, you see that canopy be raised from the ground to about a four foot, five foot level wherever they can jump up and reach it. And that takes that fire danger so far down. And we're actually looking at um, prom promoting goats and, and a new guide to for targeted grazing, not just for fire mitigation, but um, for recreational properties. Um, brush which, control. Brush control, um, water, which helps water savings on properties. We're looking at targeted grazing on solar farms, which is amazing. They're just amazing tools. Um, they're a free lawnmower is what they are. Um, and, and well, actually you get paid to have a lawnmower. You don't even have to mow your own lawn and you get paid for it at the end. So it's a pretty amazing product. If one wants to find this information, where do they go? So our website is americangoatfederation.org and we have all of our information on there. Um, and you can, we also have our email addresses on that site as well as all the other directors. So you could contact one of us directly to ask us questions at any time. So please name the brochure again. The brochure is called The Cattleman's Guide to Raising Meat Goats. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good starter, but like I say, like Tammy says, if you, if you want more information, uh, our website has got a lot. And any of us, uh, I, I've been raising cattle and goats together for about 25 years. Tammy's been doing it. Tom's been doing it. And, you know, that's just... Uh, our expertise, I mean, it, it, you can uh, benefit from, from our years of experience without making the same mistakes that we made <laughs> because when, whenever, whenever the goats or whenever the boar goats first came over here, uh, all we had basically had was brush goats, Spanish goats and stuff. And there's a pretty, pretty good learning curve there. We made some mistakes. And so I, I would, you know, recommend it and just give me a call and I'll keep you from making some of the same mistakes we did. <laughs> So we would um, invite anyone to join the American Goat Federation. It's $35 a year. It's super cheap for a lot of resources that we provide, um, including that mentorship capability that we as board members and um, board, our board of directors has to offer. And all of our publications are on the website. Are you breed specific? Are you not breed specific? Are you dairy or fiber specific? Who do you represent? Yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, we, we are the American Goat Federation. So we represent all breeds of goats. We represent all goat producers in this country. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's a totally inclusive uh, organization. We, we represent them regulatory, uh, on a regulatory front in Washington, D.C. Uh, we want represent them on a marketing basis as, as uh, um, we provide those resources educational, research, all of these areas on all breeds and all producers in the country and all stakeholders, really. 
going on past the, just the production level as well. But uh, our goal is to represent all the stakeholders in the goat industry in this country. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. We love to bring you this podcast every week. We visit places all across the country and even a few places outside the U.S. We'd love to keep doing this as long as we can, but holy cow, gas is expensive. So, we've started up a Patreon account. If you'd like to help be a part of the stories you hear, we'd love your support, feedback, and suggestions. If you'd like to make that financial support, please follow the Patreon links in our podcast intro for more information. Every little bit is another mile we can put on the road to bring you the conversations we hope you enjoy. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. We would like to thank Randy, Tammy, and Tom for talking with us this week. If you'd like to find out more information about the booklet, The Cattleman's Guide to Meat Goat Production, or the American Goat Federation, please visit their website at AmericanGoatFederation.org. We'll see you next week with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for more upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions, All Rights Reserved. Copyright 2022.